It's a Saturday morning in CC Land time once again for our wine chat with our friend from Haskell's, Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Denny. Nippy morning. I was going to say that very thing. It's never-ending, and it looks like it's going to be kind of that way all week long. So what what can you warm us up with this morning? Well, that's precisely what I hope to do. And I'm going to discuss an area that's very near and dear to my heart, and that's the Rioja area of Spain. Rioja is a little to the north and west of Barcelona, maybe an hour's drive, and you're really out in the countryside. It takes its name, Rioja, from the Oja River, O-J-A River. And uh, so Rioja is R-I-O-J-A, Rioja. And this area has been producing wine since the Phoenician times. So they're not uh, newcomers to making wine there. They've been making it for centuries and centuries, and there's allusions to the wines of Rioja going back as early as the 7th century. But to me, Rioja is Spain in a wine glass, in in a red wine glass. Uh, They do have rosé and white there, but there's such a small portion in a wine glass, in, in a red wine glass. Uh, they do have rosé and white there, but there's such a small portion. And Rioja is a big area. Uh, there's vineyards there that are about 250,000 acres of vineyards in that area to produce the wonderful wines of Rioja. And, you know, when you think of Spain and Rioja, uh, red wine in a glass, I picture Serrano ham, which is, of course, Spanish prosciutto, uh, prosciutto. And uh, or you think about manchego cheese, green olives, a tapa, oh, and then you have a glass of good Rioja. It just is a wonderful, wonderful wine. And uh, it's two grapes primarily: the Tempranillo and the Grenache. The Grenache we know from uh, Spain's Rhone, or France's Rhone Valley, uh, where they have a lot of Grenache grapes. Uh, they may have originally come from Spain, as a matter of fact. But Tempranillo is a totally indigenous Spanish grape, and it grows better in Spain than anywhere else. And all over Spain, you'll find Tempranillo planted. So Rioja is primarily a mixture of that Tempranillo, Grenache, and a couple of minor other grapes. So it's a little like Bordeaux. They blend things. In fact, uh, Rioja made a major, major change after the uh, Bordelais discovered it, there was an epidemic going around the vineyards of the world called phylloxera. It was a root louse, kind of like what we would refer to as an aphid here. But these root louses were just decimating vineyards all over the world. And, of course, in as much as we gave everybody phylloxera, it came from the United States, it's only appropriate we gave them the cure. And the cure was they would graft uh, any rootstock, a Native American rootstock, and the Native American rootstock was immune to the phylloxera, and thus vineyards were saved. But at that time, as the vineyards of uh, Bordeaux were being decimated, phylloxera hadn't crossed the Pyrenees Mountains into Spain yet, and so a lot of the Bordelais went to Rioja, and uh, probably improved their winemaking quite a bit. Uh, first place, they introduced oak barrel aging. And uh, as a matter of fact, today, 
They're going back to French Oak. Uh, the vineyards in Rioja were using American Oak and or a combination of American and French Oak. But they were taught that by the Bordelais and the blending, etc. So there's a little of that there. And as a matter of fact, uh, when you taste a Rioja, it is a little bit like a Cabernet, but it has a fruity quality that I liken to cherries and that, that you find in uh, Pinot Noir. So it's a great wine for uh, a brisk, cold day. It warms your heart, uh, and the, the wine is just terrific. I was uh, noting not too long ago uh, that I was fortunate enough to have a good friend, uh, Vincent Serbian. He was the Marquis de Mirietta, and he has wine, the Marquis de Mirietta. And I was over to see him way, way back in 1983, and he had just acquired the vineyards there. And we were going through the vineyards, and we discovered this enormous cask held over 100 cases of wine, uh, and it was marked in chalk, 1942. <laughs> well, I was very interested in that because that happens to be my birth year. Anyhow, we tasted the wine. It was absolutely phenomenal. Now, wines aren't really supposed to age very well in oak barrels because air gets in, and theoretically uh, that air can turn the wine uh, to vinegar or sour wine, vinagar. Anyhow... Uh, we looked in the barrel, and what had happened is the tartaric buildup had created almost a ceramic lining on the barrel, and the wines were incredible. He was kind enough to let me buy a few cases. So for many, many years, I was able to have my birth year on my birthday, and that was courtesy of uh, the Marquis de Marietta, and maybe that's why I have such a warm spot in my heart for Rioja. Another thing that made me wonderfully attached to Rioja is every time we would have a very fancy wine tasting, and, you know, years ago we had lots of them, and we tasted the wines from all over the world, we would go uh, at the end of the evening and there'd be a surprise wine. And I usually pulled out an old Rioja, and everybody would misjudge it. They, no one got it right. But Riojas take aged beautifully. And the nice thing about Rioja is while you might crave a second-growth claret from Bordeaux, uh, the price of that would just be hundreds of dollars. Today you can get a pretty good Rioja for about $20, $25 a bottle, and the wine is absolutely delicious. Um, it, it's just one of those wonderful unsung wines of the world, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you can talk about great Burgundies, uh, great Bordeaux, etc. And there's nothing wrong with any of those. I love those too. But uh, Rioja is affordable. It's approachable. It really is an interesting wine. There are four classifications of Rioja. Basic Rioja, that's just uh, low-end, very forward, easy to drink, etc. Then you have the Crianza, which has to be aged three years, Reserva, four years, and then Grand Reserva, five years. So the wines of uh, Rioja do take bottle age well, and they, they advertise that by uh, the real classification. The difference is uh, how long the wine is aged. 
uh, like I say, for Crianza, it's three years. It has to spend the minimum of one year in oak, and then it has to spend months in the bottle before being sold. And it's so affordable, Crianza, you can get a real good one for under $15, which is just terrific. And the savory flavors allow Rioja to go with so many dishes because it they can stand up to so many dishes, and that's, you know, in these cold days when we're having robust meals, you really want a fairly robust wine, and you certainly can find that when, when you try a Rioja, because there's only a few areas of the entire world where the wines really age well. Brunello de Montecino is one, vintage Champagne is another, Barolo is, of course, another one in the Piedmontese in Italy. And then there are Burgundies and uh, Bordeaux that also take age just beautifully. But it is uh, the Rioja is all those wines is the most affordable and the most age-worthy because you can almost be sure that any Rioja you're going to try is going to age fairly well. It's just part of the nature of uh, the, the wine from that area. And, of course, the vignerons there are very proud of what they do. The, the wines are really remarkable. And like I say, I, my first visit uh, actually to Rioja was in the late 70s, and then I went back in 83 and met uh, Vincent Serbian, who was the Marquis de Murrieta, and I got those birth years from him, so I had a warm spot in my heart for the Marquis de Murrieta. There are several other Riojas, the Marquis de Riscal, Marquis de Caceres, are very, very good and worth pursuing, too. But like I say, I have a warm spot in my heart for my old friend Vincent Serbian, who unfortunately isn't with us anymore. But he was a remarkable wine man and a great ambassador for Rioja. I remember the few days we spent together, they had a mini running of the bulls. I should call it running with the calves. They were young calves, but I'll tell you, a calf is two, three hundred pounds charging at you. If you're not used to that kind of stuff, and I certainly wasn't, it might as well have been a 1,500 pound bull, because it scared the devil out of me, and it was kind of fun, but and of course, <laughs> I was a lot younger, so I could, I quickly ran to the barrier that was available, but it was fun. You can always say I tried to run with the bulls in Spain. But whether you go to Spain uh, to run with the bulls or you're just going for a vacation, and, of course, I've long held that Barcelona is the most cosmopolitan city on the Mediterranean. It is a magnificent city, and it's just beautiful. Most famous for uh, the cathedral there that they've almost got done. I, I gather it'll be done in the next three or four years. Uh, it was done, designed by Gaudi. In fact, that the word Gaudi comes from Gaudi. <coughs> Built apartment buildings, etc. And you see his influences all over Barcelona. But be that as it may, uh, the Rioja wines are really something special. Uh, there's some inexpensive wines from that area, El Jamon and El Circo. But uh, but the best bodegas, in my opinion, are Murrieta, Riscal, and Caceres. And then, of course, Murrieta is my favorite, so I usually recommend that because of my close association 
with my old friend Vincent and those many, many years of being able to enjoy a bottle of my birth year wine. And so many wonderful things went with that wine. That's the joy, in my opinion, of uh, wines of Rioja. If you're going to have a robust stew or even, say, a hearty lasagna or something on a cold day, try a Rioja. I mean, most people, you know, stick to Cabernet or Pinot Noir or something like that. Tempranillo is a wonderful grape, and, you know, it is the grape of Spain. And Spain, you know, produces as much wine almost as Italy and France. I mean, it's a huge country. And what's happened in Spain is just remarkable. It wasn't only the Bordelais that we talked about a little earlier who kind of renovated things when they took over different uh, vineyards in the Rioja area. As of the last 15, 18 years, uh, stainless steel and technology has been introduced all over Spain. And what used to be just ordinary table wine that wasn't really very good, today they're making wonderful wines that are very approachable and delicious. And they all, of course, are featuring Tempranillo, which is a grape that everybody should get to know because it's affordable, it's delectable, and it goes with uh, hearty food. And, you know, in Minnesota, we have these cold stretches, and it looks like the one we have now is going to last a week or 10 days more, you might as well have some hearty, robust food. And while you're at it, have a hearty, robust wine with it. In my opinion, you can't do much better than Rioja uh, for that wine. And like I said, what you've got here is the ability to take a bottle of Rioja and put it down for a while. They just age beautifully. Uh, it, you know, it has a noble history. Uh, it, it's a noble grape, and it's certainly worth seeking out. And like I say, on a cold, wintry day, a good bottle of Rioja wine will warm your heart and your soul. And uh, believe me, you might be uh, on the verge of a new wine discovery, a favorite new red wine, and that would be Tempranillo from Rioja, the Rioja wines and the Tempranillo grapes of Spain. Absolutely. And uh, Jack, uh, listen, uh, uh, sent a text, and so glad Jack is featuring this area because my husband and I uh, visited there and Rioja, one of our favorite vacations. So, so glad that uh, <laughs> that you nice mentioned place. that. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if, if you want to check out, uh, you don't have to go to Rioja, but you can just go to any Haskell's location, right? Uh, that's right. You don't have to go all the way to Rioja, but I wouldn't miss it. It's a lovely part of the world, as that uh, listener just commented. But we have Riojas at Haskell's, and we have other wines, too. And, you know, they'll help you pick a wine that'll go with whatever you're fixing. And best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that isn't going to cost very much. Haskell's middle name is wine. And believe me, there's a Haskell's near you because we have one in Bloomington. There's a Haskell's right in Excelsior. Uh, Faribault, at right off at 35. Maple Grove, our super seller up there, 22,000 square feet of vineyards in Maple Grove. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's the Haskells at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell, go to Haskells.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Fantastic, Jack. Let's do this again next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.